Hello, and welcome to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Today, as we bring our series called The Life You Were Meant to Live to a close, Pastor Rick Warren puts the finishing touches on his efforts to help you to discover the life God planned for you, the life you were meant to live. In just a few moments, we're going to tell you how you can get the complete commercial-free audio version of this great series. You can find out more by going to PastorRick.com or by texting the word DAILY to 800-600-5004 while you listen to today's message. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with the final part of a message called Focusing Your Life. Now, a good example of somebody who had margin in his life in order to make a contribution in the Bible is the guy named the Good Samaritan. Do you remember this story? Jesus told it. He said there was a guy going from walking from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he gets mugged. And they beat him up. They rob all his stuff. They leave him from dead at the side of the road. First guy comes walking by. He's a religious leader, and he has no margin in his life. He's in a hurry. And he says, I don't have time to help this guy. And he walks on past him. I got a meeting to make. I got a deadline to be. And I I can't help a hurting person at the side of the road. I got to keep going. How many times have you driven past somebody with a flat tire on a freeway and thought, A, I don't have time, and B, I might get hurt. Because if I help a stranger. And this is what this guy's thinking. And so he goes past him. Second guy walks by, and he's a religious leader. And he goes, I'm not going to have anything to do with that. I've got my own agenda. I've got my own goals, my own ambitions. I'm I'm too busy. I don't want to be associated with that guy anyway. So he actually switches over to the other side of the road. He changes lanes and drives on past. Okay, totally ignores the guy in his pain. Third guy comes along and he's a Samaritan. Now you need to understand the Jews and Samaritans hated each other. They were two different ethnic groups and they did not like each other at all. So this guy had every reason to pass because he was a stranger and second, he was, there was racial conflict between these two people. But what's he do? He stops. He helps the guy. He gives him something to drink. He bandages up his wounds. He puts the, this total stranger on his donkey takes him to the nearest Holiday Inn, leaves his American Express card, says, I'll be back later. I'll cover all his bills. You feed him, you clothe him, you restore him to health, I'll pay for it. When was the last time you did that for a stranger? Probably never. Why? You don't have any margin in your life. This guy did. First, he had time margin. He had time to stop. Evidently, he had planned to get to where he was going early enough that he could stop on the way and help somebody in desperate need. Second, he had financial margin. He actually had some money which he could give to help this guy. Some of you, if a stranger needed money, you couldn't help him if you had to. You're so in debt. Every every penny goes to paying off your own debt. You're way in over your head. You couldn't help a person if you wanted to. You have no financial margin. He had energy margin. He had the energy. He wasn't so stressed out saying, I can't deal with this guy. I got my own problems. And as a result, he was able to help. Now listen, every day of your life, you walk by people who need you, people who you could help. But if you're so focused on your life, your thing, and you're overloaded, you can't stop and help anybody. You can't make a contribution. When you boil it all down in life, there are only two kinds of people, givers and takers. What are you gonna be? A giver 
where your whole life is, I want to make a contribution today, God, to somebody in the world. Or are you going to be a taker? No one is ever recognized for what they take out of life. We're only recognized for what we give. You make a living by getting, but you make a life by giving. And one day you're going to stand before God and God's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with your life, with your talent, your abilities? Did you make any contribution or did you just live for yourself? What did you do that was totally unselfish? That was just a contribution to other people. This is the third important decision in life you have to make. It's there on your outline. Am I going to focus my life on getting or on giving? Is the rest of my life going to be get all you can, get as much as you can, get it as fast as you can, and hold on to it for as long as you can? Is that going to be your life? Or is it going to be how, Lord, can you use me to give? Use me. I want to be a vessel. I want, to, I want to make the world a better place because I was here for the time that you granted me. Somebody who's been trying to add margin to his life in order to have time to make a contribution, in order to have time for ministry. By the way, anytime you use your talent and abilities to help somebody else and you do it unselfishly, that's called ministry. And God expects everybody to have a ministry. Somebody who's been trying to do that is Mark. Would you give him a warm welcome? Uh, good afternoon. I'm the business guy here to talk about margin. You might expect me to start talking about strategic plans and time management and all that, but I'm not. Actually, the focus is going to be on how I was able to, through God, create margin in my life by developing a relationship with Christ. But there's a long story to it, so if you rewind my life, you'll see that the pathway was a windy one. I became a Christian in 1977 when I was playing football in college, and it felt great. I can still remember that day like it was yesterday. It was a wonderful feeling, but that was it. It ended. There was nothing after that. No prayer, no church, no Bible, no nothing. I roared out of college, resolute to be a success, and I attacked my business career just like I had attacked the athletics. Back to school, this degree, that degree, and up the corporate ladder at age 33, became president and CEO of a $250 million company, a job I still have today, I, actually I hope tomorrow. <laughs> Welcome to the world of stress. I could already picture that mansion on the hill and I was motoring through my career fast. But as the success mounted, the margin shrank. In fact, it went away completely, it was gone. I had more success than I ever dreamed of, but I couldn't relax, I couldn't savor any moment. People would talk about going to the zoo or watching a parade and I think they were crazy. I just didn't understand it. Any margin that I created was for me, not for anybody else, not for God, for me. It's, it's like the dog chasing the car. You know, have you ever thought what he's going to do if he catches it? <laughs> I guess it's the chase that's important. You know, I even made church part of my activity management game. I took class 101. It was the membership course. It sounded great. I want to be a member. I had no idea they were going to talk about the Bible. <laughs> I moved on unaffected. I felt unworthy. There's no way that could be me. I didn't feel like I was good enough. So what did I do next? 
I signed up for the spiritual maturity class, class 201. And I took it the very next month. I'm thinking, not so bad, four hours, pizza in between, X-Files when I get home. <laughs> it's not so bad. And at the end of this conveyor belt, Tom would be at the door and he'd say, bingo, spiritually mature. <laughs> I'm thinking, great, nothing else is working. Let's try this. And so I'm sitting in the back of the class, and the very first subject is getting a grasp on your Bible. And I'm thinking, I don't have a Bible. I can't grasp anything. They started to talk about tithing, and I had arrhythmia. <laughs> Just kidding. So what happened? Well, that day, Pastor Tom, using God, changed my life, and I, I could see that you couldn't be instantly mature, that it was a lifelong process of making that commitment, taking that step, beginning to begin that walk with him. And so what emerged over time is an interesting question, really, for me. It was a question that became part of me, resonating throughout every part of my body, and that was, do I believe? Not just believe, but truly believe that God can do in me what I can't do on my own. And do I believe it enough to put it ahead of everything else? Yes or no? So I said yes. God brought me along that pathway. I now co-teach that spiritual maturity class, and I get a kick out of it because I teach the part of it, how to get a grasp on your Bible, and I can still remember what I was feeling back there in the back of the room. And so now I look at the margin that's been created by that choice to, to come across, and I can see that it's not margin for me to rest or relax or have a good time. It's margin that God can speak to me and say, this is what I would have you do. This is where I would have you go. This is what your purpose in life is all about. And that was how God let me cut back in what the world valued and put an emphasis on and leverage what he valued. Now, I don't want to paint an unrealistic picture of this. If my neighbors are out there, you know we yell at sometimes. Well, maybe a lot, but it's at night. And and we like fight on the way to church, sorry Rick, but we do. <laughs> so there isn't any perfection anywhere, it's not a Superman story, none of that. But despite all those flaws, my wife of 23 years, Cindy, and our two kids, we have Christ in our heart, we have Christ in our home, we have Christ today and for our future and for our eternity. And that is where the margin came from, that commitment. And so for me, I look at that and I say, this is important, this is the breathing zone, this is what life is all about, so that I can be ready. Ready for what? Well, I could pick lots of stories, but just a few that are recent and fresh come to mind. The other day, someone walked into my office, one of my uh, co-workers, been working with us for a while, and, and I could tell there was a problem. She had tremors when she walked in. She said, my son has leukemia. And so over the last couple months, that has created this opportunity, as inadequate as I may feel, to be there for that family. Another example, a, another employee of eight, nine years now, dear friend, was just sent away to prison for 10 years for an auto accident, no drugs, no alcohol, recklessness. And the day that he was sentenced, his entire family was in the courtroom and most of our staff, including me. And it was moving. It was nice to see that sign of support. And I had given him a Bible and 
we did the best we could under the circumstances. Well, the day he was taken away and the handcuffs went on, there was no one in the room except his parents and me in the back. And I wasn't trying to earn any points. All I wanted to do was have him see my eyes as he walked through the door. And I had no idea what that day would bring, but what happened after that, later on in front of the courtroom on the steps, was I found myself with his parents. And from another country, different culture, different language, but knew enough to be able to converse, we prayed right there on the steps. I had tears coming down my face and onto my tie before I went back to work, and I'm thinking, this is what margin is all about. And the last story, my nephew Ryan, 22 years old, had been drinking for three or four days in college and tried to jump from one roof to another and didn't make it, fell down onto the concrete below 22 feet and was dead on the scene, revived, had five brain surgeries. Very long story. He made it. He lived. He now drives, golfs. Not that good, but <laughs> that's just a little joke. The magnificence of that experience was in how God used me, even me, as inadequate as I may have felt at the time, to be there to minister to the fraternity members and the girlfriends and the people that were involved, and then all the other families that came through that trauma center. Every day, another chopper came down. Every day, a death. Every day, a new family. Every day, a new opportunity to share these rumpled up prayers out of my pocket. And then a daily email over the next three months to those people. That is what margin was all about for me. And so creating this margin, building the big house, and then selling the big house was about being ready. Nothing else. Being ready. There's nothing wrong with big houses. Nothing wrong at all with that. It's just this is how God got me to the spot where I was ready. And I think it's great because before God brought me across that line of commitment. I had seen the sun, but I had never seen it shine. I had met thousands of people in my role of influence speaking around the world, but had never truly touched even one. And I had set a heart-thumping pace as a CEO, but never felt God's presence softly, gently nuzzled in my own heart. That's my story on margin. Thank you very much. Now here's the final question that will focus your life. What will be the communication of my life? The communication. First you ask what's going to be the center of my life, then what's going to be the character of my life, then what's going to be the contribution of my life, and the fourth one is what's going to be the communication of my life. What does God want to say to the world through me? Did you know that God wants to do that? Did you know that God put you on earth for a special reason and wants to say something to the rest of the world through you? It's called your life message. The Bible talks about it. Look at this verse. 1 Thessalonians 1.8. Your lives are echoing the master's word. The news of your faith in God is out. We don't even have to say anything anymore. You're the message. You're the message. Now, anytime you say, you know, this is what God's doing in my life, you've given your life message. Anytime you say, you know, I was praying about this and here's what's happened, 
you've given a life message. Anytime you say, you know, I got this problem and I'm struggling with it, but God is helping me, you were sharing your life message. Only you can share your unique life message. Nobody else can do it for you. If you don't share your life message that God put you on earth to share, the world gets cheated. The world gets cheated. God wants to use you. Why? Because the best messages are personal messages. The most powerful messages come through a person. I'm so glad that when God wanted to share his message of love, he didn't email it. He came in person. He came in person. The word became flesh. Jesus Christ came to earth. We go, oh, that's what God's like. Now I know what he's like. Now I can get a grip on that. I can mentally and physically figure this thing out. This is what God is like. He came in person. And God has a message he wants to share to the world. And instead of writing it in the sky, he wants to put it through your personality. He wants to put it through you. He wants you to show the message with your life and he wants you to share the message with your mouth. Notice these verses. First, you gotta live your life message. Philippians 1:27. Live in such a way that you are a credit to the message of Christ. Did you know that God wants people to watch your life and see his love? He said, wait a minute, Rick. I'm no preacher. Well, good. You'll be more effective, not as a preacher. Yeah, have you ever figured this out, that the word preach and preaching are always used as negative terms in our society? People say, don't preach at me. Don't give me a sermon. You know? Oh, come on, Mom, I don't need a sermon. Okay. So, really, God doesn't want you to be a preacher. God wants you to be a satisfied customer. This is what God did in my life. This is what God's doing in my life right now. Here's the problem I'm facing right now, and here's how God's helping me with this one. Now you tell me, to a skeptic, who has more credibility, the salesman or the satisfied customer? No doubt. You actually have more credibility with many, many people than I will ever have. Why? Because I'm the hired holy man. Okay? I'm paid to be good. You're good for nothing. Okay? All right? I mean, when I talk about the guy, well, of course Rick's going to talk about God. He's a pastor. But what about you? When you just say, this is what God's doing in my life, you are sharing your life message, and that is more powerful far more powerful. This is why we have a testimony in this church almost every week. It's this constant parade of satisfied customers. Another life changed, another life changed, another life changed. And it's, whoa, you get the idea pretty soon. People's lives get changed in this place, radically, for the better. So you've got to live the life, live in a way that you're a credit to the message of Christ. Then not only that, you've got to tell you got to tell people why you're different. Notice the next verse. Life is worth nothing unless I use it for the work, doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about God's mighty kindness and love. You have to tell people why you're different. Now first, do people notice any difference in your life? Or do they just see that you've got a couple extra meetings a week to go to? God wants them to see the love of Christ in you. 
But then you've got to tell them why you're different. Because they may just think you're a vegetarian or something. You know? Well, you know, they just, you're a nice person. To say, well, you know, I don't ever tell anybody about my faith. I just kind of try to live it in front of them. That's saying, I am such a godly person. People look at my life and automatically fall down and worship God. I don't think so. <laughs> now, you don't have to be perfect to have a life message. You just have to be honest. You got to be real. You got to be authentic. You got to say, you know, I don't have it all together. Just like Mark was saying, I don't have it all together. But here's what God is doing in my life. Here's the difference Jesus Christ has made. God wants you to share it. And there are people God has put in your life that if you don't share it, they're not going to hear it. You're the one. What will be the communication of my life? Show it and share it. Edgar Guest wrote this poem. I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. I'd rather one would walk with me than merely tell the way. The eye's a better pupil and more willing than the ear. Fine counsel is confusing, but an example is always clear. I can soon learn how to do it if you let me see it done. I can catch your hands in action, but your tongue too fast may run. And the lecture you deliver may be very wise and true, but I'd rather get my lesson by observing what you do. For I may misunderstand you and the high advice you give, but there's no misunderstanding how you act and how you live. You know the problem? We're often more concerned with what people think about us than we are concerned about getting them into heaven. So here's the fourth question there on your outline. Will I use my life to promote myself or to share Christ? What's it going to be? Call the shot. Make the decision. Circle the one. Am I going to promote myself or am I going to share Christ? It's kind of hard to do both at the same time. Now, these are life's four most important questions. What's going to be the center of my life, the character of my life, the contribution of my life, and the communication, the life message of my life? And you know what? God is watching you to see how you're going to answer. Let's bow our heads. The purpose of margin is not so you can live a life of selfishness, but so you can live a life of significance. It's about making time for what matters most. And there are probably some things you need to add into your life. You have any ministry? Do you have any time with the Lord? What is at the center of your life right now? Why not Jesus Christ? Father, we spend so much of our lives living without focus. We bounce around from one activity and job to another. We waste time and energy on things that really don't matter. And because we lack focus, we get overloaded with less important issues. So we need your help today. Why don't you pray? Say, Father, I don't want to foolishly waste my life. I don't want to get to the end and look back with regrets. And I don't want to overload my life with things just because other people are doing them. 
From this day forward, I want to center my life around you, Jesus. I want to be God-centered, not self-centered. I want you to guide me in setting priorities. And I want to get serious about growing spiritually. I want to choose character over comfort because I know that's what's going to last for eternity. Help me to do the right things, not the easy things. And Father, I want my life to make a difference. Please show me how you have uniquely shaped me to make a contribution. And help me not to compare myself. I want to be a giver, not a taker. Help me to have margin for ministry. And please use my life to communicate your love to those around me. Show me some ways that I can share the love of Jesus instead of just promoting myself. In your name I pray. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. If you've missed any part of this message or if you'd like to find out more about Pastor Rick Warren and this ministry, just visit PastorRick.com where you can listen online anytime. That's Pastor Rick with two R's in the middle dot com. And be sure to sign up for Rick's free daily email devotional while you're there. Rick will be back to close out our time today, but first... If you're enjoying this series and today's message, but you've got a long day in the office ahead of you, or maybe kids to pick up, meals to cook, well then let us send you a copy of this entire series. That way you can listen from start to finish, or just a little at a time, whenever it's convenient for you. And you can always go back and listen as often as you want. Today, when you support Pastor Rick's Daily Hope with a financial gift, we'll give you the choice of either a CD box set or high-quality downloadable MP3s. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get this great resource. That's PastorRick.com. Or you can text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. That's the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Thanks so much for your support. Here's Pastor Rick with a letter from one of our listeners. I love to end our broadcast by reading letters from people like you. Here's one from Melissa who lives in Columbia. Pastor Rick, I just want to say thanks to you and thanks to God for helping me understand the Bible and for helping bring so many souls to Jesus Christ. I've been blessed because you put your messages online for free. And because of that free ministry, I have access to the truth. I cannot thank you enough. She says, I want to help. And I want to give what God commands to give me to give so that his message can reach the entire world. Thank you, Melissa for Columbia. Well, Melissa, thank you. Thank you for your encouragement and thank you for your financial gift and thank you for caring about people who haven't heard the good news. You see, when we work together, we're able to do things we cannot do on our own. Together, we reach people that would never be reached any other way. And when you get to heaven, we're going to celebrate all the souls that have come to know Jesus Christ. So thank you for listening, thank you for supporting, and thank you for praying. And I want to say the same thing to all of the rest of you who are doing that too. God bless you, and join me next time as we continue to look into God's Word for our daily hope. Now, if you'd like to let Rick know how this broadcast has blessed you, feel free to send him an email at rick at pastorrick.com. That's rick at pastorrick.com. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.